With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Appreciate our uh, legislators out there and uh, eyewitnesses to the conversation. That uh, scoreboard conversation we were having about the Longhorn football stadium, Buck. That was House Bill 2415. Nice. Uh, My buddy Randy sent it to me, so I have it now. But it's the uh, CVC, the Capital View Corridor law that has been changed. And rumor is it's not going to be the south end zone scoreboard, Buck. It's a new scoreboard for the north end zone that would sit atop the north end zone which would then restrict the view. Of Can't the see over the corridor. top of it, yeah. So I think that log was all the way back to like uh, Lady Bird Johnson. Like she, she LBJ, you had to see it, yes. She wanted to be able to see the Capitol from wherever they lived there at the LBJ library or whatever. They had a, a place there or something. What a woman. Hey, Lady Bird Lake, man. So everybody keeps all keep those finding dead bodies there. down there, right? And Lady that will Bird. forever be Lady Bird Lake to me. Really? I don't know what town lake is. Buck and I were here when it was Town Lake. Town Lake, yeah. It is? Well, I thought it, no, wait. I thought it was Lady Bird Lake. No, I got it backwards. It's Town Lake to me. It's not Lady Bird. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Stand on that (laughs) flimsy hill you're on. Uh, Yes, it will always be Town Lake. Uh, It's now Lady Bird Lake, which is fine. It's actually the Colorado River, but, uh, you know, it's the way that goes. So, yeah, a lot going on. Hey, we actually were talking on the way to the timeout about the, uh, the, the NFL schedule to be released tomorrow night. And uh, the NFL, in, in advance of that, has already put out their international schedule for the upcoming year. We'll get that ahead of the headlines. But how about this, Buck? The Falcons are going to play the Jaguars. Jacksonville, I mean, they've been, they've been exporting Jacksonville yes, to they Europe have. for a long time. But it's finally turned into a pretty good product because the Jags were a playoff team a year ago, and Trevor Lawrence is a good player, and they're an emerging team. They're going to play Atlanta. That'll be Bijan Robinson. So Bijan will be going to Wembley Stadium in London October the 1st. Sweet. This a, the Jaguars will also go back to London to play at uh, Hot Spur Stadium in Tottenham. Uh, that's going to be October the Which 8th. Which means that means somebody's going to Germany. Jacksonville's playing two games there in a row. Like I guess they're going to stay there for two weeks, send them over. They'll probably have a bye week after. Um, but yeah, Jacksonville goes October 1st and 8th. They'll play the Falcons and the Bills. Also, the Ravens and Titans are going to play in London October 15th. The Dolphins and Chiefs. How about this game? This is Tua, if he's upright, against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yes. Uh, November the 5th in Frankfurt, Germany. Frankfurt, yes. That was the game last year that was the Tom Brady game, right? Tom Brady went to Frankfurt last mm-hmm. year with the Buccaneers. And then uh, the last one will be November the 12th. Indianapolis Colts will play the New England Patriots in Germany. So three in London, two in Germany. Germany yeah. No Mexico? No Mexico. No Mexico. At least not on this list. At the big stadium, no. And Jacksonville's going back-to-back. Man, a Cowboys game down there in Mexico, that'd be... They've done I, it. I Who was there last that. year? Cardinals were there, right? Cardinals. Arizona was there. 
That's where the gentleman coach was got kissing fired. kissing people. That's well, the coach. Said. When the coach was the gen- drunk general manager. Yeah, but now he, I see he, him on like radio. Steve Kime, that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. He, I don't think he got in trouble for that. I think that was mistaken identity. Right, he was, the, he was the one because the offensive line or the defensive line coach is the one that got fired. But he looks very much like the general manager. There's a lawsuit pending on that from the, uh, oh, is the fired line coach. Yes, he's suing the organization. Uh, just because Steve Kimes doing radio interviews doesn't mean he wasn't the guy. He got fired. He's no longer with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they have a new GM and a new coach out there in the desert. And uh, now they got mistaken identity. Do. Now they got to do figure out what to do with uh, what you call him yesterday, Natalia, Kyler Murray, <laughs> Natalia, yes, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Natalia. They got to do something with Natalia. <laughs> I got to find out. I mean, we need to know his progress. Come on now. Yeah. Hey, listen. What are they thinking? What do you think for Kyler Murray? Not at all next year or midseason? Uh, no, why would you? They're You're not going to be there in the beginning of the season. They're kind of tanking anyhow, I think, would be the way to go in Arizona. Uh, it feels like two teams in that division. It feels like the L.A. Rams, if you look at their roster, they may just shut Matt Stafford down. They need to tank, too, because now they finally have first-round draft picks coming Dude, up. And they I'm hearing re- Stetson Bennett is the only other quarterback on their Yeah. I mean, Stetson Bennett. Well, he's playing this year. I mean, he's playing this year. Possibly. Because Stafford's not going to, wouldn't stay healthy if he were healthy. Well, I think, I think the Rams still have Cooper Cup and they have Aaron Donald and they have Matt Stafford. But beyond that, they don't seem like a, and, and meanwhile, the San Francisco 49ers are going to be really good again this year. And then the uh, Seattle Seahawks may be the team to watch in the NFC along with Detroit. I mean, the, the back-to-back drafts that they've had. If you look, by the way, at a team that did the rebuild on the fly better than anybody at Seattle, because the the, dra- the, the, the the hall of compensation for Russell Wilson and what they've turned it into over two drafts and two off-seasons is pretty incredible. Uh, they, they had the best draft last year in a lot of people's opinion. They had, the, they had six rookies that started, including two on their offensive line. Uh, and this year they had the, the fifth pick and the twentieth pick, and they ended up with, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Devon Weatherspoon, the top corner on the board. I mean, they've, and all you know that fifth pick came in the Russell Wilson trade. The pick that they they had last year to draft their left tackle Charles Cross came yep. in the Russell Wilson trade. I mean, they've taken that trade and rebuilt the, a, a decent roster on the fly, and they found a diamond in the rough in Geno Smith. And now all of a sudden, Seattle looks like a team that w- were in the playoffs a year ago. And might be better this year, and could challenge the 49ers for the division, and the Cardinals and the Rams. I don't think are, are going to be very good in that division this year. So football on the brain because I'll announce the schedule tomorrow night. Uh, we'll dive into some Big 12 football here coming up with the Vegas odds for over/under win totals. First, though, the headlines. There it is, double shot power. It's uh, UBO Business Services bringing you the trending topics, including the Longhorns baseball team opening that seven-game regular season-ending homestand, 10-5 win over our UT Arlington at Dishfalk Field. Dylan Campbell extended that program record hitting streak to 27 games, 27 in a row. He also drove in a couple runs. Peyton Powell, Jared Thomas, and Porter Brown all hit home runs in game number 50 on the year for the team. Uh, their final midweek game, they're now 33 and 17. Seventh-ranked Texas softball team opening play at the Big 12 tournament facing Texas Tech this Thursday in. Oklahoma City. Longhorns entered the tournament as the two-seed. NBA last night. How about the Philadelphia 76ers? They strolled into Boston, laid a pretty convincing beatdown on the homestanding Celtics in that pivotal game five of the Eastern Conference semifinal series, 115-103. 
Uh, league MVP Joel Embiid led the Sixers with 33. Tyrese Maxey had 30. Sixers shot over 50% from the field for the night. They're now up 3-2 in the series, headed back to Philadelphia. In Denver, meanwhile, Nuggets defended their home court in Game 5 with the Phoenix Suns. They win that game 118-102. Last night, Nikola Jokic with a triple-double, 29 points, 13 boards, 12 assists. It's his 10th career playoff triple-double. That broke a tie that he was in with Wilt Chamberlain. For the most, by any center in NBA history, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, Dallas Stars, even their series with the Seattle Kraken at two games apiece, 6-3 the win last night, doubled them up. Series now shifts back to Big D for Game 5 on Thursday night. Texas Stars are continuing their playoff run. It'll open up this Friday in second-round action of the Calder Cup playoffs. They'll be in Milwaukee. Major League Baseball last night, great pitching matchup out west in Anaheim. Houston Astros got just the start they needed from their ace, Framber Valdez, in a head-to-head duel with Shohei Otani. Valdez racked up 12 strikeouts, struck out eight or over eight innings of three-hit baseball. His catcher, Martin Maldonado, gave him one big swing. He smacked a two-run homer, part of a three-run fifth inning for Houston. They take the game 3-1. to one. Series now one apiece. Otani, by the way, did pass Babe Ruth last night on the all-time strikeout list for a two-way player. Rangers blanked in Seattle, 5-0. Dell Diamond, Round Rock Express opened up a 12-game homestand with a 4-1 loss to Oklahoma City. Grand slam in the seventh inning for the Dodgers there. It's a really good matchup. Those are the two best teams in the Pacific Coast League. They'll play again tonight at 7.05. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. By the way, that 8th, 8th Street downtown buck reopened coming south. Here we go. Coming south. Now we're flowing. Uh, about 20 minutes, <clears throat> or 25 minutes ago they reopened. Like Robert De Niro. Could be the <laughs> flowing through the blue chew. Just keep it going, Robert. Don't stop it. Don't stop. When you actually you can stop having children. I mean that's that's p- completely fine. Well, he's got to get a, a another kid around the same age. You know that kid's got to have yeah, some grown up. Yeah, got a little brother. Got an older brother who's fifty one. <laughs> Why not have a little brother? He's got an older brother in his fifties. <laughs> that's my younger brother right there. Let your son know. Imagine that's being my brother. twenty years old and your brother's seventy. That like that'd almost be like me and you being brothers, Bucky. Hey, <laughs> well, imagine being one of Robert De Niro's grandkids. Well, now wow. they're. I mean, he's he's grandpa daddy. Man, I don't. He's got four or five grandkids too. He'll probably be a a great granddad. Oh, there'd be no doubt. I don't know, man. You, you can stop at some point, but to each his own and her own. Hey, so uh, before we get into the uh, coach's corner and talk some football. Some people don't want the, want the vaccines. Some people don't want to get the SNP. There you go. There you go. Well, on a much uh, more sublime and sad note, uh, you know, I, I retweeted this last night, got a lot of reaction to it. Uh, Riley Blanks, the uh, daughter of Lance Blanks, who passed away at 56 last week, uh, wrote uh, an essay, is what I call it, uh, about her dad. And uh, it posted yesterday at ESPN.com. And it is a really, really hard read. It's very, it's beautifully well written. But uh, she confirmed, Riley Blanks did, that on the morning of May 3rd, her father took his own life, which we had heard last week that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, which shocked everyone that, that the last person you would imagine that could, could be true about is Lance Blanks, uh, so full of life and uh, so such a big smile every time you saw Lance and so positive. But uh, Riley did confirm that he, he took his own life and uh, the second line of the essay says, people ask, how did we not see it? Um, and she goes on to, to address it and then just talk about the father that he was. Um, you know, that, you know, we talk about mental health buck and, and demons and things that people are dealing with uh, that only they know. And there's no more commentary we can make on this. But the fact that, you know, he lived right next door to his daughter. Oh, yeah. And, you know, saw his grandkids and saw her every day. And, 
you know, and how do they not know? I mean, that's that's going to be the haunting question. How did that happen? But uh, that is the confirmation that we fear that Lance Blanks did indeed uh, take his own life last last week. So uh, really another prayer to that family. And, uh, you know, you just never know, Bob. No, you don't. I mean, that's that's why you, you know, when you see people that are struggling, you, you, you can only thing you can do is ask, can I help? Is there something I can help you with? And, you know, when you have any inkling about what people's mental health is, just try to be as consoling as you can about anything in their lives because you don't know what touches them in a different way. You know, he took care of his dad for such a long time. You don't know. I mean, that, she goes into that. I mean, yeah. that has to wear that. That had to wear on you. But, you know, that's and that was, you know, who knows what's a part of his struggles. Yeah, I mean the story. She is. It's so beautifully well written, and she absolutely. She talks. about, yeah, uh, we we said uh, Lance was the caregiver for his dad, Sid Blanks. Yep. You know, Sid Blanks was the first African American player to play football, college football in Texas, at Texas A and I. He was a trailblazer, and played for the Houston Oilers. And uh, uh, he had Parkinson's, and Lance would travel to, to to be his primary caretaker. And she actually told the story of of Lance making sure that he was able to get to her, to her wedding. Yeah, with his dad in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair, he went through the the steps to make sure that travel was set up and that she he could be there, uh, Sid to to see the wedding and be a part of it. Uh, it really is. It's a it's a profound essay. Uh, it really is sad. And uh, rest in peace to Lance Blanks and prayers to that family. I've been told that there is a, a private service on Saturday morning and there may be a public service coming Saturday afternoon. Uh, but we'll keep you posted on that for the now late Lance Blanks. Yeah, but, uh, all the prayers for his family. You can find that to story. his sons and his daughter. You can read that essay at ESPN.com. Uh, Riley Blanks wrote it. Also, if you go to my Twitter account, at Aaron Hogan, you can, I've, I've retweeted it, and you can uh, have the read if you would like to go there. Boy, uh, there must be so much pain to do that. Oh, man. I, I, as I said in my tweet and said to you last night, I can't imagine writing that. I mean, I can't imagine her sitting down and writing that and the un- unimaginable grief that she's dealing with right now. But maybe it was therapeutic. Maybe to write it and talk about her dad was was. Well, yeah, because because the good times had to be incredible for yeah. that family, the way they explained it. Yeah. What kind of man he was. For sure. You just never know. And we'll never know. That's the, the worst part about a, someone taking their own life. You just never know. Um, and it'll... Terrible thoughts. All right, let's dive into the Coach's Corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. At, that's avconsultations.com online. Audiovisual Consultations and Tom McKay, the really smart guys who never make you feel stupid. Never, ever, never one time. Who won the big screen TV at the uh, Mullet Open? I don't, I don't know, but they were awful excited. On Thursday, the, the guy was like out of his mind. The big 85-incher or 65-incher? The 65-incher. Give us a give us a text if you go on one of those big televisions from Tom at the uh, the mullet open two days of it Thursday and Friday of last week. All right, Buck. Uh, so here we go. Vegas is in. Vegas is in. These are over under win totals. You go to betonline.ag. You can find these, and uh, we'll make some predictions. Texas right now over under in twenty twenty three total wins regular season nine and a half nine and a half wins. You taking over or under there? Over. Does the bowl game count? Nope. Bowl game does not count. I don't think. Does the conference championship game count? That's what I don't know. Uh, I don't I think, think so. so. I think it does. Maybe conference championship game would count. I don't believe the bowl game would count. This is a I regular need 10. season. I need over. Yeah, I think 10. I, think I need over. Uh, I think there were, yeah, I think 10 is about the right number for Texas. Maybe 11. If they get to 11 and 1, mm-hmm. um, you know, that would be tremendous and a big. That means you're in the Big 12 sure. championship. No question. No question. Oklahoma is also at 9.5. I would select the under in that. I think you would take over. I would take over, yeah, because those two teams I expect to be in the championship game. 
Well, and we've talked about this, and we've had it pointed out to us by some Oklahoma fans and insiders that the Oklahoma schedule is kind of a joke. I mean, the thing for Brett Venables, I mean, you know, Texas you know, still plays Alabama, and they're still going to play every team in the state of Texas this year on their way out. Um, you know, the, the, as far as Texas goes, the schedule friendliness is that they only leave the state of Texas two times. They go to Ames, Iowa, and they go to Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. play Iowa State and Alabama. But every other game is in the state of Texas, either a home game or you know, they play Dallas with the, they play Oklahoma and Dallas, and they go to they go to uh, Waco, go to Houston uh, to play the Cougars, go to TCU. Uh, to play the Horn Frogs, so the the travel is pretty friendly for Texas, but it's still a, a pretty rigorous schedule as far as competition goes. Uh, Oklahoma, how about this? Their non conference is Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. In Big Twelve play, they play at Cincinnati. They play Iowa State. They play Texas. They play Central Florida, Kansas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, BYU, and TCU. So they don't play Texas Tech. They don't play Kansas State, who are two of the teams favored to win the conference. Of course, Kansas State, the defending champions. They don't play Baylor, which Dave Aranda is always going to have a hard, you know, good team. It's almost like. Did you say they play SMU? Yeah, non conference. But, I mean, think about that. They don't play Baylor Tech or K State, the Oklahoma Sooners in 20 and 23. Come on, man. It's a nice schedule. Yeah. I mean. Is Mordecai still at SMU? No, Tanner Mordecai is at, uh, what, Minnesota? Somewhere up there in the big town. Really? Yeah. Did he transfer again? I believe so. Uh, but, yeah, the TCU game with Sonny Dykes is in Norman. I mean, their toughest road trips, Oklahoma, at BYU. Provo, never an easy place to play, and that's no. late in the year. That's all the way November the 18th. Yeah, you'll know who you are by then. For sure. They play Oklahoma State in Stillwater, the final Bedlam game. What kind of game is that going to be? That's the last one. Because both sides have already said, once you're gone, we're not playing. Get on out of here. It's going to be like the Aggies yeah. and Longhorns. Uh, they play in Lawrence, Kansas, and I guess the, the Jayhawks can be an improved team, and they've given Oklahoma trouble the last couple of years. They play Central Florida in Norman. They play De- you know Texas in Dallas, and they play Iowa State at home. So their road trips in Big Twelve play Cincinnati, Stillwater, Lawrence, Provo. Out of those new teams, Ty Cincinnati. I mean, like at, UCF at, is the one that that UCF me. is the one. And remember, then, Georgia was on the Oklahoma schedule, but they right. dropped it because it's going to be a conference game coming up. So they dropped that game. Um, Texas though, still playing Alabama. I mean, that's the marquee game of the of the month of September. Longhorns in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. They kept that game. But Sooners got an easy draw. So uh, nine and a half. Do I dare take the under, though? Because if, if Brett Venables doesn't win, well, ten games, I don't know. I'm, think, I'm going under with Oklahoma. K-State's eight and a half. I think I'd lean over there. Lean into the over at eight and a half for Kansas without, State. Without the, without the running back? Deuce Vaughn. That's a big miss right there. By the way, Ty, speaking of Deuce Vaughn, as we uh, combine conversations, did you see the video yesterday of Micah Parsons? Yeah. There's an amazing (laughs) video. And Jamar Chase. So there's a workout going on, Buck. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's Micah Parsons, Deuce Vaughn, and Bengals star wide receiver Jamar Chase. And it's a a little 10-yard short shuttle and then sprint. Maybe a five-yard short shuttle. I don't think 10 is what they did. But so they line up on the cones, and it's an agility drill where they're going side to side, and then they you know, cut out and go into a dead sprint. You know who the quickest was? Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. Of those three players, like who would you pick if you got Deuce Vaughn, who's more quick and elusive than him, Jamar Chase, and then 250-pound, 255. Uh, yeah, Deuce came in like last. He looks like the guy who had like six <laughs> pancakes before they he's, did this. He's looking like morning. Natalia next to those guys. <laughs> Seriously. And, and, and Mike is no. like a monster. He's just so big. 
and Deuce is not. Dude, he takes Michael Parsons takes two steps for five yards. It's over. I mean, it's just two steps He's for five yards for him. A menace. That guy, what a player. But yeah, okay, get ready to load up that that truck full of money for him. Well, we talked about that. And by the way, that video is at the collective here in town. That's where they're working so out. So Jamar Chase is working there working out there yeah. too. And look, well, they were there. That's where that video was shot at the collective here in town, the, I think at the north location. Uh, out there, but uh, either way, Micah Parsons ridiculously quick and explosive for a man his size, like the big cat on the uh, on the Serengeti. I always say, just chasing down the prey. He's awesome. But uh, Deuce Vaughn will not be at K State. But remember, K State brings back uh, their offensive line. They bring back a lot of because they do lose Deuce Vaughn and Felix and Uduke Uzoma, Uzoma, the uh, defense player of the year, right. who was the first round draft pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. So two big keys, and that uh, their corner as well. Yeah, the the and uh, yeah, but they do have a lot of guys coming back, uh, a lot of guys coming back. But you know, especially on the lines of scrimmage, and what's the what's the kid? Will Howard, the quarterback, who yeah, had such a great back finish to the damn year, coach, and Chris Kleiman, who's shown he can coach it, and they're going to play. They're eight and a half. So top three teams in the Big Twelve, according to Vegas, over under win totals: Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas State. Texas Tech at seven and a half. That might be worth a nickel or two in Vegas, Buck. Sure. It all runs through Joey McGuire and Texas Tech. They're coming off an eight-win season a year ago. Um, TCU seven and a half, Baylor seven and a half, and then it goes on down from there. Central Florida, Kansas, and Oklahoma State are all six and a half of bets for over/under. BYU six, Iowa State, West Virginia, Houston, and Cincinnati. How about Houston? Four and a half. Oh yeah, I could see that. That may be just about right. So by this, based on that Oklahoma schedule we just talked about in conference play, according to Vegas, and Vegas is pretty good at this stuff, right? They don't, they're pretty sharp on their, their odds here. They know what they're doing. The only team Oklahoma plays that's in the – the best team they play is TCU and Texas. They play Texas. That's the neutral side game, obviously, the, the game in the Cotton Bowl. But other than the Longhorns, the best team they play with as far as over-under win favorites, TCU. And then look at that, UCF's down there at 6.5. Uh, Oak State, six and a half. BYU, six. They don't think they're going to be a, any, any more than a 500 team. Uh, Iowa State, five and a half. West Virginia, Houston, and Cincinnati, all four and a half. So safe to say Oklahoma got a pretty good draw on their way out of the Big 12. You know, Texas got a nice schedule too, but you'd, yeah. I think you'd rather have Oklahoma's. For sure. <laughs> you can pick one or the other. I think you'd take the Sooners. So there's the Big 12 chatter and conversation. Yeah, well, I, like 10, I like 10 for the Horns. You like 10? Yes. You like, so you're going over? Yes. Nine and a half. And by the way, you know what Alabama Cause is? Because I want to make sure you're in the championship. I need 10 wins. Okay. You know what Oklahoma is? If you're betting in Vegas, over-under win total for the Crimson Tide? Ten and a half. Ten and a half for Nick Saban and company. Oh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm taking the under on that. Are you taking the under? Are yeah. you? I don't see them getting more than 10 wins in the regular season. Okay. Uh, by the way, Rice... Who Longhorns play week one is uh, over under the win total of three and a half. And then Wyoming, five. Longhorns play Wyoming in the non-con here. In addition to that Alabama game, five is the Cowboys over under win total. Okay, there you go. Uh, speaking of uh, coaches, we're in our coaches corner. We'll, we'll let you know what Steve Sarkeesian said last night down in San Antonio at that Texas fight tour. The, uh, the Pretty optimistic about the health of his team when the spring resumes in a few weeks. Also, did you hear what uh, Jimbo Fisher said about Jimbo Fisher down at the Houston Touchdown Club. Are they ready to go? Let's go! Did he say let's go? He was vaguely confident, I think is the word I would put on. Vaguely somewhat confident to the boosters. Because they're riled up. They're mad down at A&M. We'll get you details on that coming up. Talking college football, NBA playoffs with a big win for the 76ers last night. 
Uh, also, the Nuggets. We'll get back to that. Ty has some hot or not topics for the end of the hour on a busy Wednesday. It's, it's Bucky, Bucky and Aaron. Benny on a Wednesday, over the hump Wednesday with you. Hot or not for the top of the hour with Ty, who had a big uh, four-leg parlay last night from his professional gambling side of things. Nice job there, Ty. Four, including his his Dallas Stars rolling in Seattle. Having a good month, are you? Against the Kraken. Yeah, Ty's having a, we call this your bank roll or your jelly roll. About 50 units in the past 30 days. (laughs) About 50 units? Dang. It's very nice. You, you can take your lady out to that uh, steak dinner you were speaking of last hour. Nice work by you. Nice work by you, my friend. Uh, okay, Buck, but uh, a lot going on. We're just talking Big 12 over-under win totals. We're also talking some Longhorn football with Sark. And uh, I know coming up on Light the Tower, uh, after our show at 10 o'clock, we'll hand the baton to Craig Way and Jeff Howe and uh, the crew there, Cameron Parker. And they, Jeff Howe, was down in San Antonio last night for the event, the uh, Texas Fight event that featured uh, CDC. Rodney Terry and Steve Sarkeesian, that same crew, will head up to, to the Metroplex tonight for trips to Dallas and Fort Worth over the next two as they uh, get out and meet the folks all over the, the great state. Uh, as far as any news coming out of that conversation, um, all Sark was – the only piece of newsworthy thing is that Sark believes he's going to – that his team, when they gather back in uh, early June, right after Memorial Day, when they begin their summer work, that they're going to be very, very healthy. That the only the only guy he mentioned that he doesn't think will be a full go or could be a full go is, um, you know, Jalen Gilbo, who he still he still said last night that Jalen Gilbo, the defensive back, maybe like they're they're hopeful that he'll be good to go, and fully in. And if you think about the players who didn't participate in practice at the Catalan, end, of the spring, that's who I worry about with the shoulder. Yeah, Jalen Catalan, but Sark said last night he feels like he'll be good to go. And go through the full summer work. Uh, DJ Campbell, the interior offensive lineman, Keelan Robinson, uh, Cole Hudson, of course, the starting right guard all last season who didn't participate. Isaiah Nayer, who you know just is getting more and more healthy at wide receiver. Connor Robertson, Casey Kane, the wide receiver. Darian Gallette. Uh, you know, we talk about the linebacker class from the recruiting class from last year that features. Uh, uh, Anthony Hill, right, the five-star kid from Denton. But Darian Gallette is another guy to watch. He's out of Marlin, Texas. He's a really, really phenomenal athlete. And, um, you know, he's likely to be a, a guy for a red shirt this year. But that's a, that's a name to watch. Uh, so that's good news, right, that uh, Texas, they really don't, according to Sark last night, when they get back in three weeks, there shouldn't be a lingering injury. If there is one, it'll be Gilbo. I know Jeff Howell will have more on that coming up. Well, I'm excited about the secondary. Man, that's just... They got a lot of they, the thing about the secondary is they've got backups too. I mean, you can, you know, if you miss one, you bring in another guy. It's just right on par with the other. I, that's what I like about this secondary. I agree a with lot you. in this defense. Well, and it's something that uh, you got to give uh, Terry Joseph and Blake Gideon a lot of credit oh, for. Oh yeah, I mean they've gotten out, and when they got here, that secondary wasn't very good. And uh, I mean the whole defense was terrible in year one, and they had, they didn't have a lot of speed. Um, didn't have a lot of impact players on the defensive side. DeMarvion Overshone was, you know, probably the best. And uh, but now, you know, they, they feel you, you're right. They do feel like they're too deep across the board in that back end. You know, maybe their best and deepest secondary in five or six years that they've had. Uh, and Gilbo's a part of that, right? He was such mm-hmm. a as a freshman last year. He just burst into camp and onto the scene. And uh, he's a guy that you know, Jalen Catalan and uh, Ryan Watts at corner to go with Terrence Brooks at corner, and also the uh, the other transfer from Wake Forest, Buck Gavin Holmes. And you're bringing in depth on top of guys where, where young guys are already trying to to win some jobs. I I think you're right about that. And Catalan is one of those type of players in 2023 for the Longhorns that you know it's one of those things that if if there are, if there are a few guys that 
if they have really, really good seasons, like all-conference kind of seasons, the Longhorn season gets even more bright. because And Jalen Catalan's one of them. He's an impact player. Yeah, he reminds me of those kids who are on Baylor. Yeah, if healthy. Yeah, Jalen Petrie. Yeah. It's a good example. Jalen Petrie, of course, now playing for the Houston Texans. Uh, he can have one of those kind of years. But Arkansas fans would tell you that he's just that, that shoulder injury continues to be a bugaboo and staying yeah. healthy is a problem oh. for him. That is a problem if you're playing in the secondary, for sure, that shoulder. Well, you know, the, long, the Longhorns elite player last year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It was Bijan Robinson, right? He was eighth pick of the draft. Roshan Johnson, pick 115. I think this year, could, could the Longhorns have, you know, can, you know, a lot of mock drafts have Quinn Ewers, a first-round tra- draft pick next year. He's going to have to play to that standard and play like that, just that this year to be in that conversation. Well, yeah, it depends on how he plays, just what he plays like. Sure. Uh, but he, he, I guess what, what I'm saying is guys who have a really high ceiling, that if they, they get close to reaching that ceiling, this can be a really fun season for the Longhorns. And, and Quinn is obviously one of them. Xavier Worthy is one of them. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, who came from Georgia here to try to you know, take that next step as a receiver in a more passing, pass-driven offense, um, you know, that's a guy that you know, the NFL is going to be watching. Alfred Collins is a guy who's got a really high ceiling. As, a, as an NFL player, big picture, um, you know, that, that can change this. And then a couple of freshmen, Anthony Hill and Cedric Baxter Jr. I mean, these are guys with, you know, five-star pedigrees, and then can they reach that becomes the question, and that's, you know, Sark and this coaching staff's job. Don't be surprised if it takes Cedric Baxter a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that for him, that's, that's one of those positions that, you know, you just – some guys can come right into it, Ian, you can just tell immediately. Yeah. Some guys will take a little bit of time. They learn the, the speed of that. Uh, of what it's like to be a running back at this level. Did you? I, you probably never had a running back come in while they're supposed supposed to still be in high school, like like Cedric Baxter, right? He's a senior in high school. No, Arch I, no, Manning, those guys. No, I've never, I never, had, I was never around for that early enrollee kind of guy like think, that. And more and more players do that all over the country now, where they show up in January, which is a jump start on the season. Sure, but I, I think it's fair to say most most of us and most kids' heads would be swimming, right? You you just. You went to Christmas after your high school. Now you're in college, uh, getting used to the campus and how the weight room works and you know, how this all works. Now, now you're playing college. You know, it should. yeah, it's just speed and, and and just speed and the physicality of it. It's a little bit different. Well, and that's why Anthony Hill was so impressive because of all the freshmen right. in the spring, the one that stood out the most was Anthony Hill and playing line. Yes, and playing uh, that position, position where you got to be physical. Yeah, coming out of high school, wow, like no fear whatsoever. You're right, Cedric Baxter. Uh, as a guy that maybe takes a little bit uh, to, to find it. But I do think all those guys, all 14 of them, have a huge advantage for having done it. And now when they come back for the summer and into fall, they'll be that much more advanced and uh, that's much more comfortable, not just with the football side, but the the academic side, the school side, uh, adjusting to, to college life and all of that. All right, so there's some Texas football. I mentioned, did you hear what, uh, what uh, Jimbo Fisher said yesterday? Jimbo Fisher, and he was down in Houston. Remember last week... Uh, Steve Sarkeesian made a stop at the Touchdown Club in Houston. Uh, yesterday, Jimbo Fisher did d- was down there and uh, said here that it's, no, this is the Houston A&M Club. My, my apologies. This is not the Touchdown Club. This is the Houston A&M Club. And uh, he he got a question from the, uh, from the, from the audience, an Aggie in the audience. Of course, they're, they're little na- natives are restless at Aggieland, sure right? Five are. and seven a year ago. 
Uh, started number what six in the preseason and finished five and seven. It was a terribly two and six in SEC play. Things were not good. Um, but uh, <laughs> there was a question: those, hey, are you going to beat Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin's rear ends this year? Are you going to beat those two guys? Because Aggie fans don't like them because they've been taking shots at the Aggies. And uh, his his answer: he says uh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um. I, this is a subscription-based website, so I can't do it. It said, we had a successful spring. We're going to get there. I can sit here and make the promises. It's easy to coach and sit here in the offseason and say that. Here's what I'm going to say. We're going to play hard, and if we do that, we'll be a much better football team. Thank you, Jimbo. Smoke hard. We're going to play hard. Winning is hard. Winning is Winning hard. Is hard. That's all you have to say. That's it. <laughs> Winning is hard. Winning is hard. They do have a lot of returning starters. Whether that's a good thing or bad, I don't know. They did have a bunch of guys into the portal. So, yeah, Aggie fans aren't sure what's happening with uh, – Texas saying that, but yeah, we're going to get there. He said, "We're going to get there." I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering if, if Sark is enjoying the hype because there's an awful lot of hype around this football team. There is. I mean, yeah, you like your team, but do you like the hype? I mean, that just goes along with it, Coach. That's, that's a part he of. He seems to be embracing it, at least in, in, in the expectations, and I think they would parallel his expectations where he sees this program and wants it to be. Now they got to go live up to it and uh, play like it. But it's, it's our all-gas-no-excuses yeah, tour, man. This hype doesn't win the games. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Um, and that's – but I think I think the hype is is justified. I don't think – I mean, the last time Longhorn fans were even optimistic, because, like, it's fair to say when Sark got here, there there was a change. Well, there's work to be done. And yeah. there were a lot of – optimistic every year. Come Not on. like this, though. Not the, well, we've been doing this a long time. I, I coming off I'm the, optimistic every year. The, 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 the Sugar Bowl win against Georgia coming into that year – there was a ton of optimism, and and I think at some level, rightfully so. Uh, and you know, it's Sam Ellinger returning as a quarterback and the leader of your program. You had good players, and that team didn't live up to it. And we, that's why Tom Herman got fired, right? They didn't maximize, you know, that the the, the upper class players on that team. And you know, Tom Herman got crossed with everybody at the same time. He, you know, that that was that was not good enough. And this is going to be a, a moment for Sark to. You know, come off a bowl and didn't go to didn't go to bowl game in year one, year two. You're in the bowl game, you lose it, and now here comes the hype. Is it too soon? I mean, I would say if you were playing in the SEC this year, it probably would be, but playing in this conference, you need to be in the championship game. Yeah. I don't think 10, 11, 12 wins is out of the question Mm-mm. for this team with the talent and the depth and the high ceiling players they have. That's going to be up. You don't to, get to have forever to build it. Well, but to to the point of when Texas announced that they were headed to the SEC as a school, and you know Jay Hartzell's already the president's already building relationships in the Southeastern Conference, planning for that move. You no, know, we were oh man, are they ready for this? You know, if this season goes as as they they plan it, and they take that next step and are a ten eleven win team and playing in the Big Twelve in the Big Twelve championship game. Yeah, you're moving forward. You're right there where you need to be on the lines of scrimmage, which is yeah. the biggest thing. And your your lines of scrimmage are much improved. Your quarterback room is much improved. Really, every position has taken a pretty dramatic uh, uptick in talent. If that continues, you're you're then ready for the Southeastern Conference, and it's not going to be easy. It's the SEC, but uh, I, I think it's it's credit to Sark and the staff to have put them in this position. But obviously, that narrative and that conversation can take a big step backwards if this year doesn't go well, if this team underachieves, if this team doesn't play to its level. Uh, I feel like there's a sense with the the natural player leadership on this team. And Sark's now familiarity with this roster that he's essentially built. I think there's a, there's good reason to be optimistic. But you're right. Um, you know how do you handle it? Yeah, how do you handle the hype? Uh, but you know, you need good things to happen. You got to make good things happen for you. But it is, and that would be in week two. 
And, uh, you know, Sark has sold the idea, this is why you come to Texas. This is why you're coming here. This is a lot of expectation. Fan base is, you know, chomping at the bit to win. And we're moving to the to the best conference in college football. This is why you come here, to play in these kind of games. Uh, all right, so we'll talk more college football. Also, we'll preview the Cowboys. Cowboys' schedule and everybody's schedule in the NFL will be out tomorrow. But, Buck, we already know who the Cowboys are going to play and where. We already know that. How many times they'll play, yeah. We know what their schedule is as far as their opponents. We don't know when and, and you know what time the games will be. That'll all be determined Thursday night. We'll run through some of that uh, because I'm trying to figure out how many primetime games the Cowboys could get. Like, the Cowboys are the biggest draw on television in, in... Probably no less than five, I would think, E. You realize the Cowboys, in addition to their own games and their own division, which are always highly rated games, sure. and two of those are going to be with the Philadelphia Eagles... One of those, maybe both, will be primetime games, right? Don't you? Or I guess you could, you I would could, say both of those, and you know the Giants is going to be one. Well, you got to consider that you know you have your prime times are Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. Mm-hmm. And I think the NFL considers those you know late afternoon three twenty five kicks kind of the America's game of the week. Those could be in there too. But they play Philadelphia twice, which are going to be marquee games. But the the Cowboys division also plays the AFC Northeast. Excuse me, North. Which means no East is right. Which means they have matchups with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Right. <laughs> which is play. that's one that's on TV. <laughs> right. Prime I mean, time. are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers against the Cowboys playing for the Jets. That's got to be. They play Buffalo in Orchard Park. There you go. There's another one. They play uh, the Patriots. Uh, Probably in not Arlington, and they'll play the Miami Dolphins. That will be one. If two, like you said, if two is upright. I mean, come on now. Uh, actually, they don't play Miami. Why not? Or that they are. Yeah, Miami's a Hard Rock Stadium, the date oh, yeah. time to be announced. And they also, Buck, play the NFC West. So they play San Francisco in the regular season, which has been a back-to-back playoff loss for the Cowboys. They'll play the... Uh, oh, they, got the Pan- they got the Carolina Panthers, too? Well, yeah, the, 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 the two divisions they play, AFC Northeast with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and the games, and then the N- NFC West, which features those Seattle Seahawks we just talked about. The uh, the L.A. Rams with Matt Stafford and company. And, of course, they play the uh, San Francisco 49ers in a playoff rematch of each of the last two seasons. It's one of those things I'm looking at going, man, how many primetime games are you going to get? Maybe six. <laughs> I mean, it might be. It might be uh, for sure. So we'll run through those coming up and uh, take your predictions for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but coming next, you know what it is. It's T.Y., Ty Henderson. Ty Hendo, as we'll start calling him, uh, has uh, got some hot or not topics, things we've missed halfway through a Wednesday program. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot? What's not? Is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot, not for sure. The Philadelphia 76ers hot last night in Boston. Just walked in there and smacked around the whole thing. Tallywhacked them. Ooh. I like the tallywhack. Yeah. That is the worst kind of whacking, <laughs> tally whacking. Uh, we are going to reset that coming up in our headline. Sixers with a nice win. Denver defense home court last night. NBA playoffs, very compelling. A lot of good stuff happening there. Uh, Ties stars were a winner last night on uh, road ice in the NHL playoffs. We'll reset that coming up. Longhorn baseball opened up their regular season ending homestand with a win last night. We'll recap all that coming up. Also, as we've mentioned, uh, 79-year-old Robert De Niro welcoming baby number seven, which seems... Odd, but is what it is, I guess. Also, Buck, the ACL lineup was announced yesterday. Tickets went on sale at noon. And uh, Ty, where were you on the uh, 
the excitement level in seeing the uh, the two weekends of Austin City Limits music? Well, I didn't go last year. Um, I sold my tickets because I, you know, didn't really like the lineup and kind of overdid ACL in my high school and college days. Been going my whole life, but uh, I'll I'll definitely go this year. I, I like the lineup. I give it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah, my son, of course, shot me the text. Can you help me get me in there to see Kendrick? Kendrick Lamar, of course, will likely be the uh, the closer or maybe the big Saturday night show. Foo Fighters are really good. Uh, Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters always uh, put on a great rock and roll show. Mumford and Sons, your favorite, the Lumineers, Buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shania Twain. How about Shania Twain rolling in? She's still doing it. And uh, the 1975 is a good one in one weekend. So, yeah, pretty good lineup. And I'll uh, be rolling in here. Um, so on the not hot side, Buck, um, with the did you see the one of the one of the guys who's supposed to be coming here is this guy Morgan Wallen, this country singer. Oh, he's on there. Yeah, he's uh, he, oh no, Morgan Wade. I'm sorry. Okay. When I, he, yeah, Morgan Wade is coming, not Morgan Wallen. My apologies. He would have been higher on the bill, I would imagine. But Morgan Wallen, who had some shows coming up, he has shut him down. He's got vocal problems. Ooh, vocal strain. He's got some. Drinking problems. That's what he's got. <laughs> what are you alleging? I, I I'd heard my girlfriend told me about this. Supposedly he was supposed to perform in uh, Oxford, Mississippi, where Ole Miss is. Had some problems making it. And so, like ten minutes before the concert started, they put a message like, "Oh, Morgan's having some vocal issues." But there were some videos of him like getting like wheelchaired out, hammered, drunk from the backstage. <laughs> Gee, that's so. not good for your career, or it may be well, great for your career. He's had some other very bad issues. things already. Yes, uh-huh. he has. But he's. He's a popular guy, apparently, but yeah, he's having to shut down some shows and festivals. You keep shutting down those shows, you won't be popular long. We, got, we, well, kind look, of, we kind of have the same hair going on. Well, if you're a singer and you're a performer, you've got to keep your voice healthy, right? It's, it's one of the biggest challenges for a touring musician. Uh, you know, it's to, you've, got, you've got to take talk to Craig Way, the great Craig Way, about uh, the, the lengths you've got to go to protect that voice and those vocal cords if you're doing a lot of games or singing night by night. and um, got to watch what you drink. Yeah, for sure. You got, your lifestyle will impact that for sure. So uh, that was on the not hot side uh, there, T.Y. What do you have for us there, Ty? Uh, well, I told you all about this yesterday, but I couldn't find anything today, so I thought I'd bring it up because it's still relevant. We're not going to um, get a, a dwarfism story? We need to have it. <laughs> we have an update on Natasha? No, no Natalia. update yet. Natalia, uh, whatever. That documentary should be coming out soon, but also— By the way, it is National Shrimp Day. <laughs> there you oh, the go. Food, if you know what foods. I mean. The, 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 Shout out to Kyler. From the sea. Um, but back to sensitivity our, our, training for us. Our favorite uh, musician Lizzo and Rod Wave, a Houston rapper, yes, are supposedly holding a hot dog eating contest uh, between them two in, <laughs> in Houston next week. Is that true? I I've I looked it up to make sure. There's a lot of people talking about it on social media, so. If it's not true, it needs to happen. But who who do y'all got? Lizzo or Rod Wave? He's a big he's a big boy. I got Lizzo. <laughs> Rod Wave and Lizzo face off in a hot dog eating contest coming up. If it's true, I got Lizzo. Uh, now listen, Lizzo is a trained flautist. She's got mouth skills. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. It's all about. I mean, he's basically an this alien dude. Is, thing. This dude is big, though. He's a big. Yes, very big. I tend to think the guy will be more gross, and they'll just be jamming wieners. No. Imagine think, the headlines I, though. If Lizzo wins, it's yeah. It's, what, a, it's a victory for women everywhere. You're the you're the the gambler. What are the odds? Who's, who's, I saw a post that had Lizzo favorite at minus one thirty, Rod Wave at plus one twenty. So I would Lizzo it's close. do this. 
I would listen to if she wins she, this thing. Hungry. That's not going to help she's, her. It can't, be, it can't be real. Free but meal, and I'm hungry. She likes the dogs. Betting lines are Lizzo minus one twenty, Rod Wave plus one ten. Who you got? We're coming back. Be any on the horn.